The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Missions, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. That's some pretty interesting analysis you do there of Paul's commentary on the love chapter. So I think what you're saying is this is not a prescription for what love is. Do these things and you're loving. But it's exactly. a description, rather, as you said, right, that love produces yes. these outcomes. And to the degree that we love, those mm-hmm. outcomes will be produced. Like, greater love has no one than this, that he should lay down his life for his friends. Well, there are lesser loves as well. There are degrees of love. Paul prayed that his disciples would grow in love. And this is not just about the manifestations of love. This is about the heart of the matter. Hmm. Yes. Well, it makes me think of something that to me is comical. So like lesser love has no man than this. What would we use to fill in the blank? You know, because obviously we have the greater love has no man than this. That's an interesting thought to me. But you're right. And I don't think a lot of times we don't think about love in that way from a leadership standpoint. And this might sound strange, but from a leadership standpoint, when we think about love, you know, it doesn't make the top five. I think that's what you're saying in your discipleship courses and other things you experienced and maybe even the material and the bookshelf you were going through back in the early 80s. Love wasn't making the top five or maybe not even the top 10 when it came to leadership. Is that an accurate takeaway from what you were saying? Well, I think that that's been the case. I think that we take it for granted and that also Within the framework of the evangelical community, what we were taught back then was that love is basically an act of our wills. And so Paul said, Philippians, I long for you with the affections of the Messiah, Jesus. He wasn't saying, I am determined to look in upon you because I have made a choice to act as if I am concerned about your well-being. (laughs) that's a great contrast that you put up there. But I think that in those days that was being espoused as equivalent. Would you agree? Oh yeah. And it still is. People Hmm. do not believe just in the plain simplest thing in the sharing of the gospel with the lost. They believe that either God's love for the lost, which produced the, passion of the Lord Jesus, his crucifixion, that it was either an act of his will, or it's because he is a loving individual who acts lovingly. 
But in reality, the love that God has for the lost is like the love of a man for his adulterous wife over whom he is heartbroken, or it is the love of a father for a rebellious, murderous child, as with David and Absalom, or the love of a man or a family for their dream house that has been taken over by squatters and defiled. God wants his house back, even though right now it's defiled. He wants every human being. He wants us in relationship with one another. He wants us cleansed, and he wants to live there. He loves his house. He wants his rebellious, murderous children to come home, to come to their senses, to be reconciled to him. He wants his adulterous wife, all of humanity, this broken-hearted lover, he wants her to return. That's the type of love that God has for humanity. And it so motivated him, the degree of his love for his enemies in seeing our value was that he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus, he died in our place even while we were opposed to him. Paul said, he loved me and gave himself up for me. This is just remarkable. In the foreknowledge of God, Jesus saw Paul and said, I'm going to die for that one. Jesus saw Scott. Jesus saw David and determined, I'm going to die for them. I love them so much, I will die for them. And so, moving away, mm. like the church says, act lovingly. Or the church says, be a loving person. But what God is saying is, see one another with my eyes. They are valuable. They are worth loving. I love them. And let your heart end up becoming conformed to mine, both for the lost and for your brothers and sisters. And it is out of that type of love, the love that ultimately provoked God to save us. It is out of that type of love that I desire to, to lead. And again, I want to mention, I am not claiming I am aiming or I am seeking to aim. I remind myself of these things. And it's for that reason, back to this book, that I wrote Leaders Do Unto Others. And we are offering it on Kindle for 99 cents, Scott. Wow. Paperback, $9.99. Kindle, 99 cents. Because we are trying to get this into the hands of as many people as we can. People might say, well, you're, you're charging hardly anything. Perhaps you really don't value what it is that you're offering. I highly value what it is that we're offering but I want to make it as close to a gift as I possibly can. Yes. Even if someone's life has changed for 15 minutes, well, that's 15 more minutes of going in uh, the right direction. So, Amen. Go, Scott. Yeah. Scott, thank you for inviting me on. I really do appreciate it. I know that we need to be mindful of the time. And yeah, you no asked me one question, gotta, I just took off. <laughs> I was feeling it as you were speaking. I am thankful that you did it. No apologies accepted on that and then none needed. Thank you very much. No, 
We've got about five more minutes, I think. So I want to put some links on the podcast for the Kindle book and where they can find more resources from you guys. We'll follow up with that as we are closing in a few minutes. But let me ask you, uh, you know, I, I was employed in leadership well before my time. You know, leadership, if pursued and persisted in it, it can really be a cleansing uh, of your motivations. I think if we're following Jesus in it, I think obviously the highest motivation is love. So there's a there's a very there's a correlation uh, between that process that I've observed and what you're saying here in you know the approach to leadership that that the Lord's shown you. I'm thankful for it. What do you feel, or what do you sense? might be one or a few of the biggest impediments that you've observed, maybe the antithetical position in leadership to what you've seen and what you're publishing or what you've written about in the book. What can we look out for from a standpoint of a trap or a diversion or something that's going to prevent us from doing that? Well, First of all, I think that it's important that we be looking to ourselves and not to the people around us. And the impediments to following Jesus in this are the same impediments that we would have with anything that is of the Lord. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life. Uh, leaders are not immune from that. And I was on a Zoom, you know, like a conference thing with some leaders mm -hmm. on Long Island a little bit earlier, and was mentioning as to how everybody is involved with, at different times, with and in different degrees, with self-promotion, a desire for status, this boastful pride of life, is a major, major issue. And James said, that where selfish ambition and jealousy are, there's all manner of disruption and problems. And so I think that cultivating a heart of love, asking God for it, telling the truth to ourselves through the leading of the Spirit, embracing what Jesus said to his disciples on the night he was betrayed, I'm giving you a new commandment that you would love one another as I have loved you, rather than throwing up our hands in defeat, saying, well, God, do something in my life. <laughs> Here I am. Please work in me. And as we grow in love, those impediments are overcome. And I think as you're intimating there, the growth of love inside of us really has a displacing effect on so many of these other things that would prevent it or stand in the way of love. I think we love God because he first loved us, as the scripture teaches us, and also to the degree that the love of God is realized inside of our hearts and lives, that has an effect, that growing in love that you're talking about. Is that a good way to say that? Yes, it is. And there's something else, Scott, when Paul, the two places that Paul prayed that I can recall that the believer's love would grow, it was within the context of the second coming of the Lord and that great day of evaluation, which mm. we will all face. Mm. So, and even in First John, which you were just quoting from, if our love for the brethren is vibrant and strong, 
It deals with the fears of condemnation. So I would encourage all of us, reminding myself, speaking to you, believing that there will be those who hear this, consider of the prayers that Paul prayed, I believe, in certainly in Philippians chapter 1, I believe in 1 Thessalonians as well. But it's either 1st or 2nd Thessalonians. I ought to know this by heart, but I plead <laughs> being 68 years of age. <laughs> and consider these prayers that he's offering up that the believers would grow in love in the light of the coming judgment. It's something which is very important for each of us. Absolutely. I, I haven't made that exact correlation, but now that you mention it, it brought to my remembrance. I think we should probably get back together and talk about that specifically. I'd love you have me on the other podcast, the Missions podcast or the Ministry Focus podcast, which gives us a little bit more time and airs under from the forefront.com. But we'll talk more about that. I do very much appreciate your coming on and sharing with us what seems to be a very distilled thing that God's done in your heart on the subject of love and leadership and how those things are in parallel in the kingdom. Would you give us a way for someone who might have been touched or even pricked to the heart who'd like to be more familiar with information that you have or a website, someplace to go to find out more about you and what you're doing. And also, I'd like to get your input on the easiest way to get to the content that is Leaders Do Unto Others, the book. Well, getting to the book or the other books, just go to Amazon and put in Leaders Do Unto Others and my name, David Harwood, and it will direct you to that or if you just click on my name in that context, it'll bring you to the two other books that we wrote in addition. Okay. We also put out a version with what I would consider my mother tongue, which is uh, Messianic English. So like uh, people have the opportunity to read it in normal American Christian language and also within that particular dialect. And the name of the mm -hmm. ministry, the parachurch ministry that we have been seeking to be faithful in, is the Love of God Project. So if somebody wanted to uh, take a look at some of these materials, uh, the Love of God Project and my name, uh, it will get you there. Okay, excellent. Very, very, very good. So David Harwood, H-A-R-W-O-O-D, for those of you who will need the spelling, we'll backlink all of this, make it easy for you to get to when you're not driving. David, once again, thank you very, very much. I feel blessed to have reconnected over time. It has been not frequent enough for my hope, at least. we Maybe we can do better downrange. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, it's a joy to be with you, and thank you so much. Let's do Double Back. I'll be in touch for an opportunity to get you on. Well, bless you, Scott. Thank you for the honor of participating in this podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. And I am Scott McClellan for your FX Missions Leadership Moment. To contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Until next time. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that, when activated in your own life, will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, 
Good day, everyone.